Warning, this episode contains topics that may be triggering. Listener's discretion is advised. Yo, what's up, mi gente? It's Michelle, and welcome to Coño, Who Am I? So the cat is out the bag, and if you heard my trailer, you might have thought I was going to be telling the story of another person. But it's me, y'all. I'm Michelle. She is her, and her is me. Through this podcast, you will get to know me on the deepest of levels, I'll be sharing some of my most vulnerable moments in life, but all in the name of self-discovery and truly to provide guidance to others. Because navigating this racist, classist, sexist, annoying-ass country that our parents told us to be thankful to be born in can be really hard. I'll let you get to know some of the dopest people I know, my best friends, as I invite each one to share a little bit about how they also got to where they are today as successful, bomb, boss-ass women, and sometimes maybe men too. And let me not forget to mention, your girl is a licensed social worker, so you know I'll be dropping some gems for y'all in each episode to carry on with you in your journey to self-discovery. I'm on a quest to empower women of color to live in their truth, power, beauty, and most authentic self. Because your girl is still learning too. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Yo confieso ante Dios Todopoderoso y ante ustedes, hermanos, que ha pecado mucho de pensamiento, palabra, obra y omisión. Por mi culpa, por mi culpa, por mi gran culpa. Por eso ruego a Santa María, siempre virgen, a los ángeles, a los santos y a ustedes, hermanos, que interceden por mí ante Dios, nuestro Señor. Amén. That was my bestie reciting the penitential rite, or the I confess prayer in Spanish. Here it is in English, so y'all can understand what was said. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, blessed Mary Ever Virgin, all the angel and the saints and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me, to the Lord our God. Amen. Now, if you're Catholic, this prayer might sound really familiar to you because it is recited every time you attend church mass. And as you can hear in its words, it's about taking ownership of one's sins or mistakes and asking for forgiveness. And although the messaging is beautiful, I can't help but think how much conflict growing up in a strict Catholic home has caused me both in my youth and my adulthood. Mommy grew up in a very Catholic household in Ecuador. I mean, so Catholic, she had gone to nun school for part of her youth. She was in church 24-7. And my grandparents were super religious, mi abuelita y mi abuelito. As for papi, it was no different with my grandma. She was extremely Catholic. Virgencitas y Dios, Jesucristo, everywhere. But her influence on religion affected my tías more than it did my dad and my uncles. Very typical in Latin America. So when it came time to raise little old me, Catholic was in my bloodline. I was baptized at a very young age, before the age of one to be precise. And like I mentioned before, 
My tia was my baptism godmother and my brother was my padrino. When my parents split and we moved to Washington, we quickly found our local Catholic church. And mommy and I went there on Sundays. Every Sunday, guys. Every Sunday. Slowly but surely, both the trailer we lived in first and then the home mommy bought afterwards had pictures, statues, adornments of the Virgin Mary, Jesus Christ, saints, and rosaries everywhere. Mommy even got her new home blessed by our priest as well as every car that we ever owned. When I tell you this woman was religious, I mean it. Whew, child, she was religious. I remember as a little girl, right before bed, mommy always had me do a prayer to my guardian angel that went like this. Angel de la guarda, dulce compañía, no me desampares ni de noche ni de día. I would do that on my knees with my hands, you know, right in front of me on my bed. And then she would tuck me in. Not going to lie, the prayer still brings me a little bit of joy as I recite it because it always made me feel safe and watched over. Even though, if I'm honest, when I was a kid, I wasn't always fond of going to church or all the religious practices that came along with being Catholic. Sometimes it even felt like a chore. And as I got older, the more and more these feelings grew, especially because at this point I had a little bit more of a better understanding of not only Catholicism, but just like the world around me and what all of these things actually meant. It really bothered me that the church was not just a place of worship, but also a place where people went to be judgmental of others, where there was people gossiping or what my parents would call chismeando o bochinchando and where people looked like a bunch of hypocrites, to be honest. As I got older, church became more and more distasteful. And if I'm even more honest, I started to realize how much my beliefs didn't perfectly align with those of the church. For example, the idea that women should not be on contraceptives because they should be waiting to have sex after marriage was one of those very controversial thoughts for me, something that I do not agree with. Now, I want to be very clear that I respect those that have the belief of saving themselves for marriage. But the reality is, I grew up in a little town where teen pregnancy was through the freaking roof. And so were STIs. And I believe some contraception could have helped to be preventative from both of those things. Because what ended up happening was a domino effect. People were having sex and they weren't talking about it because they were shamed to believe that they shouldn't. But because the Catholic Church says no sex before marriage, and then it says no contraception, because that prevents God's will, that equaled a bunch of pregnant and sick teenagers that no one wanted to acknowledge or address was a direct symptom of the lack of discussion being had about how religion impacts decision-making and ultimately can affect people and their lives long-term. You have a whole baby or a whole disease. Are you kidding me? Maybe if sex wasn't made to seem so sinful, more people would have been more educated on how to engage in it safely and without shame and guilt attached to it. Which leads me to my next problem with the Catholic Church. Por mi culpa, por mi culpa, por mi gran culpa. For those who don't know what I just said, I just repeated a sentence from the earlier prayer that you guys heard. Through my fault, through my fault, through my grievous fault. Guilt. To be specific, Catholic guilt. Something that I currently struggle with every day as if it was a freaking disease. So what is it, you may be wondering? 
what is this Catholic guilt I talk about? The term is usually used to describe the feeling of remorse or conflict in people who were raised in the Catholic faith. I mean, how could we not if we say this freaking prayer every Sunday while hitting our chests? In most cases, this is associated with specific church teachings. And if people feel like they violated their faith's law, it leads to the guilt, the feeling of guilt. In my case, I spent so much time in the church and I guess really buying into all of it that at one point the feeling of guilt started relating itself to other imperfections or daily failings that made me feel either isolated from God or unworthy of reconciliation at times. It was like at times I would feel guilty of almost just existing. And obviously this has led to bigger problems in my life like the inability to enjoy my youth or young adult years like a lot of my peers did. It is normal, healthy, and age-appropriate to experiment with drinking, dating, having sex, and going out in your early 20s. But when you grow up Catholic with guilt on your shoulders and haven't fully rebelled or learned how to shake that shit off, you'll be out here really questioning every move that you make as if you were freaking 50 years old. Now, that's not to say I didn't do any of those things, except for drink, because I really didn't do that one which I'll explain in further episodes. But I was always second-guessing myself and being very conservative with every decision that I made when I was young. And looking back, although it did keep me out of trouble sometimes, it also kept me from living my life all the time. So now it's very important to me to dismantle and undo all this damn guilt that I be feeling for no reason. Because ultimately, God knows my heart. And there's no human on earth that can now make me believe that God doesn't love me just the way that I am, sinful and all, period. Follow me and Marielle on how growing up Catholic shaped us to be the young professionals we are today. World, today I have one of my besties with me, and actually one of the friends I first met while I had moved here on my first year and being in New York, Marielle. Marielle, let's tell the world how we met. We were both working at the Y, and... What did you do at the Y? I worked in the family literacy program, and Michelle worked in the front desk, right? Yes. I remember one time you complimented me on my water bottle, and... (laughs) It was a very cute water bottle. Don't ask me where it is now. It was pink and it had like a cool like symbol. And then, I don't know, Michelle asked me if she wanted to hang, if I wanted to hang out. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like I do with all my friends. Yeah, because like I'm just like there, like, I don't know, minding my business. <laughs> I think she was like about to leave the Y actually. And she was coming out. We, we technically didn't work together. Marielle no. technically didn't work with me. She just worked in the same building yes, as I exactly. did. Uh, and she walked down and she looked cute. And yeah, I probably liked her water bottle. And I was like, uh, you look fun and like a nice person. I'll ask you to like hang out with me. I was new to the city. I didn't know anybody. And so I was like, I want to make a friend. You look like you could be my friend. And then she was. She's my friend. I was like, yeah, I was like, Michelle, she looks like a nice girl. (laughs) She has like nice style. I'm like, sure, why not? Like, okay. We're so shallow. (laughs) 
well, I mean, like, what can you do? Well, I mean, you can do like the like the vibe check. And, yeah, like, you no, know, it's true. It was it wasn't just like physical. It was also a vibe check, and you know, we both passed our vibe. I checks, know. We're so. like, okay, she's got a good vibe. She's got yeah, a good exactly. Vibe. So, Marielle, tell us a little bit about yourself. How do you identify? What do you do? Where are you from? Where do you live? Okay, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I identify as Dominican. Even though I was born here, I when anyone asks anywhere I've been, I always say I'm Dominican before like American. I just who feel, even says that? Like I don't like I feel like when you go outside of the U.S., there's a big emphasis on on more your nationality than your than your origin. No, that's true. That's so, true. Like, Marielle's husband's not from here, guys. So she has this experience where like yes. she's traveled to France, and so like over there, she has to be like I'm American before I'm Dominican. So that makes sense. Yeah. So exactly. So yeah, like I'm here saying I'm Dominican, but then I have my like American passport. So it's just kind of confusing. But like, no, no, no. Yes. Like, yeah, I live here. Like, obviously, like proud American, I guess. But um, my. But not right now. But yeah, exactly. (laughs) But really like more like Dominican than anything because of my like culture and my like, you know, daily life. So yeah, so I'm a speech therapist in a special needs preschool. And where do you live? I live in the Heights, of course. It's the best place to be. Like I was, for real. I, yeah, I was born and like raised here, and yeah. Which I think is part of why we get along really well too. Not gonna lie. So it's hell funny because I feel like it took no time for me to realize that your mom and my mom were on the same page when it came to raising us Catholic. And when it came to how our upbringings were in like Catholic households, you would tell me stories just about like people being over and like, you know, what are those? ¿Cómo se llama cuando la gente viene a tu, uh, to your house and like everyone's praying? Hora Santa. If, Hora if, Santa. If, if someone's like, if someone like passed away and they're come, like, yeah. Yo, even if they don't pass yes. away though, even if people are just coming over to pray but at your like, house. I mean, specifically, like I, I went to a lot of like Hora Santas <laughs> and I like me as a kid, I was just there for food. <laughs> like I was just yeah. like literally what did I like you know obviously I never understood and it's just like why would you bring a a child to these type types of events but they, it's and it's really somber friends yes, so exactly. for those listening like it's very somber. The, like women it's full of women because men do not usually participate in this it's usually like a circle full of women around a table and or just a circle in a living room or a room and everyone's just reciting the same prayers over and over and over again so it is very somber but you would like tell me about your mom going to these or like having these at your house and so I knew from the jump that both of us would have that in common and what we could say in front of them and what we couldn't say in in front of our moms you know, like, and that's something that we definitely had in common growing up. Yeah. Tell me what it was like growing up Catholic in your household from childhood. So I went to Catholic school for uh, elementary. So from kindergarten to fourth grade. So I don't it was, think I knew that. Yeah, it was a big, uh, a big chunk of my of my life. So that's like I feel like that's like my first like real like introduction to religion because you know it's not like it was a it was a daily thing. Like you would have your your religion class. You'd have your religion class. So yeah. it was, you know, it was a daily thing. It wasn't like, oh, you're just, you're just in a Catholic school, and that's it's just like a like the name. But like, no, it was religion was taught. We would go to church, right, weekly. So yes, yeah, so that was my first like introduction. Because you know, my parents were more like, oh, like 
rezale a papá Dios, rezale a papá Dios, dile a papá Dios que, que te cuide, bla, bla, bla. So, you know, but it's just not as, like, in depth as it was in, uh, in school. So, you know, like, in school, like, they would give us, like, lessons. And, like, the lessons were, like, on being honest. Which is good. Yeah, no, of course, but it was just, like, honest with that hint of, like, if you don't go to, if you're, if you're not honest, you're going to hell. Which is also very interesting, right? It's never, it's never on some, like, be honest so that you're, like, just a good person. It's, yeah. like, be honest or else. So you're not, like, sent to, like, dun, eternal, dun, dun. eternal, eternal domination. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, and then, of course, there were, the principals were, were nuns, like, Sister Noreen. I don't know if she was the principal, or I think she was, and then Sister Eileen, she was the assistant principal. So, you know, like, and Sister Noreen was very, like, tough woman. So it just really added to the, kind the of, intensity. like, the fear. Yeah, the fear and the intensity. And, you know, you also have your uniforms. You know, it is very, like, very uniform to yeah. use the same word and very kind of intimidating yeah so like you know the whole time you're just like oh man i better be honest you know i better do everything i'm supposed to or or go to hell but um <laughs> wait say yeah. that part again or go to hell. like do everything you you you're supposed to or, or go, go to, to hell, hell. <laughs> so uh, so yeah so i did my i did my confirmation in the second grade Damn, son. Yeah, I did my confirmation in the second grade, and like, you know, you're just not really. One of the things that I'm like, I'll never forget. Confirmation is typically not until you're like a teenager, too. Not confir- no, I'm sorry. Primera so right. comunión. Yes, first communion. There you go. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to be first like, damn, you yes. just to confirmation. Yes. But the thing is, yeah, so I did my first communion, so then it wasn't. Maybe it was first or second grade. Yeah, that's around. So then I did right. my first communion, yeah. Before, you know, before you do your communion, you do penance. You go and you confess, you know all your sins so listeners like, penance is when you go you sit at the little como how you see it on the tv right you sit in the little box with your priest and you go confess all your sins to your priest who's another human who also sins by the way but yeah that's who you're doing your penance with yes. and that's who you're confess- confessing all your sins and at this point you're in first grade first second grade so what you're like how old is that maria probably let's go with like anywhere seven eight seven eight all your sins as an eight-year-old so it's just kind of like i just honestly like i'll never i'll never forget this they just kind of like we all went as a class and like we we crossed the street to the church so the funny thing is the the priest that uh, did my confession is also a family friend of 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 my parents and he was like that's low-key like a in uh what is it conflict of interest i know i know but it was like this was like a whole like 20 years years in between <laughs> this is 20 years in between so yeah he did he, and then you know uh, throughout the years whatever um, so he's like okay so what do you confess to and i was just like i don't know like i maybe lied to my mom like you know you're just trying to like think of like things that you've done wrong and trying to make sure you get everything in there mm-hmm. and you're just like okay and then you know he's like okay say um say i don't know maybe like our, our father's couple hail marys and you're like okay okay thank you like and that's it and then you know you go and you do your communion everyone makes this whole big deal about it yeah you know you go and you know i have a bunch of pictures at home you get this like nice white dress and all this stuff you practice you know receiving 
the body of Christ and all that stuff and this whole big thing. I remember that. You know, since we're talking about communion, as you get older, like, you know, my mom was at some point, she's like, oh, you, you need to confess before you, before you take communion. Communion so again. Communion, just so you guys know, for our listeners in the Catholic religion, communion, if you guys have seen on TV or if you've heard, communion is when you like go up to uh, the priest in the middle of mass and you like eat the little bread or the cracker or whatever. It's like a wafer cracker that you like swallow or chew or whatever with the little sip of wine and that's taking communion. But to Marielle's point, which she's going to talk about a little bit, you're not supposed to take communion without having confessed that week prior to the mass. So if you're going to mass on Sunday, you're supposed to have confessed that week prior. So if you went Sunday, you're supposed to have confessed anywhere from Monday to Saturday before you take communion or else you can't take communion. And that lets everybody know at the church that you didn't confess. So you're out here just sinning. Yes. So I'm just like, okay, all right, like I'm not, I'm not gonna confess like <laughs> my my sins. Jumping forward, I was like, I'm not gonna confess my sins, and also uh, since like my mom, like not anyone else, my mom won't let me get the communion. I'm like, why am I here? Like, what's the? I'm just here like being like shamed. I was just like, this is not. Yo, you wanna know a secret? Yes. I used to just take the communion without. I, mean, I wouldn't I'm confess. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, like, hell of people do that does shit. Does that. Everybody does that everyone shit does that. because you don't want to look like the person who didn't confess. Yeah. Because exactly. then you look dirty and stuff. Yes, but this is all a domino effect. No, uh, 100%, 100%. It's all part of that. It's all part of not looking shameful. It's all part of not looking guilty. So you go up there and you fake the funk and you're like, of course I confessed. I'm here taking communion. Yes. Did you enjoy going to church? Not really, honestly. (laughs) I mean, I'm being completely honest. I never have really. Like, it's just, uh, to me, it's, yeah, it's like a chore. It's just, it never brought me, like, peace that it was supposed to bring Mm me. It never brought me the peace and comfort when one of my friends um, unexpectedly passed away like I remember like going to the church and like just you know like they're like crying and like praying but at the same time like it wasn't there wasn't a mass going on right. it was just me at the church in that sense yeah I do find comfort in what the building like itself represents that's, yo for but, real that's a great point but do I find comfort in sitting in like in the middle of all these people that I in my opinion portrayed that they're not sinners or that they're like all knowing and just better people no not really not really and then also like the prayers and all that stuff do I like find comfort not really so but it's just me personally no but that ass I feel the same way so it's interesting that you bring that up because I don't go to church any longer the way I used to when I was little and if I'm honest sometimes I like to go to a Catholic church just for the feeling of being in the building just because the building itself sometimes brings this sense of hominess of like oh this feels at home like this feels like a familiar place when you step into your own home and you're just kind of like oh I feel good because I'm here church sometimes brings that to me but not on some like I really enjoy being here for mass because mass does not do that for me mass when I see 
hella people. To your point, yeah, I feel like I'm going to church with hella hipocritas. At what age did the church start frustrating you? And why did that frustration um, come about? I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm. Mean, it always has. It always has. Like, I either, like, either used to fall asleep when we would go Saturday night. Yo, nights. did your mom ever pinch you at church? Oh, my God, yes. Yo, yes. fam, those pinches, those oh pinches. Oh, my God. Or, like, jalonearte los ears. No, pinch. Yo, pinch. my mom used oh to pull my, my ears, too. Fam. It was terrible. It was terrible. So, yeah, so I either, either used to fall asleep, but as, as soon as I was of age where I could stay home and not have to go, I'm pretty sure I took it. So, like, let's say maybe anywhere from, like, a teenager that I could tell my mom, like, no, I'm not going. But was like, that a fight, though? It always was a fight. And it's, it still yeah. is a fight. And it'll always, it'll always be a be fight. A fight. Um, We're grown-ass women, by the way. Grown-ass women. As in, like, we do not live at home. We're gonna be in our 30s. Careers. Yes, yes. <laughs> but this is still a fight. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'll never forget. It was a good Friday. Say I was, like, 18 or something like that. And I decided... Can you explain to the listeners what Good Friday... Good Friday. It's the... It's the Friday that ends the 40 days before Easter. Yeah, and it's also, like, the Friday before, like, you know, Jesus, like, resurrects. resurrects. And all the, and I'm like, all that stuff. You know, so all that shit. So it was very holy and, like, around here, around here, they do the... They, they the do, fucking up the parade. Yo, yes, look at me, Chris, um, while we're talking about Jesus. They do all, everything that um, Jesus went through to, you know... I'm a little detached. And um, it's this whole big thing. So I decided, even though I'm 18 years old, I decided I'm going to get a piercing. And I call my mom, like, listen, I decided I'm going to get a piercing. I got, like, a bar, but, like, on the outside of my ear. And very my, rebellious and yeah, I just like randomly like me and um me and one of my friends we decided to get it. So I call my mom and I'm like, oh I'm gonna do it, blah blah. She's like, oh my god, on Good Friday, <laughs> out of all days on Good Friday, oh no lo creo, Ay, Dios te va a castigar, no no no. I'm like mom, shh. all right, bye. <laughs> so. Anyway, so I go, we go to church on Sunday, and my mom's like, you know, like, and this it's is Easter, Easter, Easter Sunday. Easter. I, I go to church with them because I was like, okay, I did this. I have to go to church. You like, better repent. Like, I have to repent. Bitch, if you don't repent like, from that bar in your ear, like, you gonna go to hell. Literally, like, I was like, if God doesn't get me, my mom's gonna get me someone. <laughs> so I was like, I have to go to church. So I went to church, and my mom's just, you did this. I can't believe you got that piercing. So you're not gonna come to lunch with us after and I was like yo dad yeah she said that but she was kidding there's no way oh, okay. she could not like not invite me to <laughs> bring me to lunch <laughs> so I was just like stop whatever and like so this whole thing but anyways so I got it let's say April and July my skin like totally like rejected the piercing that shit was gone no you got an infection no it, it just fell off like there was no blood nothing it just literally wait so you think that was god oh my god that was like my mom that was my mom that was not okay was for the mom. listeners that was not god that was her mother that Stop was, it. that was her mother that was she my puts mom. A, she put some shit in her ear like i told my sister i was like can you unscrew it so like i can and she just like was like here it is and it was just oh dang so then it just left this ugly like scar over time it's gotten a little bit better you know i'm 29 now i'm gonna be 30 so it's been a, you know like over a decade i just want to share a quick story of i was on my way to school and i'm wearing shorts 
Your legs were exposed, uh-oh. Yeah, I was wearing shorts, we were in the car, and my father, he never comments on what I wear, but my grandmother, my mom's mother, was with us, and my father goes, I don't think you should You should um, wear those. I don't care, but your grandmother's gonna say any, something. I was like, stop, no, she's not. So we're in the car, she pulls out her Bible. Oh, shit. And reads me a passage about how we're supposed to be modest. That's it. And not wear any clothing like that. You're going to house. even like piercings are not allowed. Like Ooh. none of that, none of that hairstyles. None of that is allowed. And I was just like, and my father just in the rear view mirror, he's just like, <laughs> I see? told you, I you told see? you. <laughs> you see? So yeah, it's just something that it affects even like your physical choices of what, oh. like of how you look Are and you what freaking you wear. kidding me? It, it affects everything. Sam, it's so funny because I think like amongst our friends, there's just this funny joke about how I'm like hella prudish and stuff and how I just dress hella prudish and just like I'm so conservative. All the stuff I think about growing up Catholic and I just like didn't really rebel a lot and I think it was because I was really fucking scared of a my mother but b going to fucking hell or or like having God having God punish me in a way that I wasn't going to be able to reconcile with him you know what I'm saying and so I was like let me let me be the best child of god whatever the fuck that means right and so like taking all these passages super literal god does not give a fuck if i have shorts on right now no he doesn't but you know what he does give a fuck about he gives a fuck if i'm a good person yes he does give a fuck if i treat my neighbor kindly he does give a fuck if i have mal intent in my heart he does give a fuck if I am gonna offer a lending hand to somebody, but he does not care if there's a bar in my ear. Yes, exactly. On Good Friday. Exactly. Get the fuck out of here. Uh. Anyway, so how do you feel about being Catholic? Well, we kind of just touched upon this a little bit, but how do you feel like it impacted you growing up or like some of the decisions that you made? What are some of the decisions that you made that you can directly correlate to your Catholicism? It's just... Literally fucking everything, right? Every day, everything. You know, like, I mean, I'm a good person because that's just my nature. Mm -hmm. But, like, obviously, you know, you want to make sure that you're doing, like, what God wants you to do and what you were what you were taught to do or but, what you were told that yes, god wants you yes, to do exactly so when if i disagree with my mother on something it's just like oh you don't respect your parents that's sinful that's, that's very sinful that's one of the commandments you, that mm-hmm. shall be um thy parents and all that stuff and mm-hmm. i'm just okay but when your parent is wrong thou shall not yeah <laughs> thou shall <laughs> not obey yeah. your fucking parents oh. if your parents are fucking crazy what yes, the fuck exactly so it just it just honestly it brings it brings a lot of guilt because no one is following the bible like especially in this like modern age to the t like no, no one no one impossible. is no one can and that's why we're humans we're, because we're children of god we're sinful we're like, supposed the, to be though we're supposed to be we're supposed to be who said we're not supposed to be sinful like, i was born of sin let me sin I want to sin all day. <laughs> Let me sin, okay. son. Not all day, because I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> that should be the title. 
I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. No, honestly, it's just very like, everyday choices. You know, you want to make sure you're being respectful of yourself, of everyone, and like you're not you're not doing anything dishonest or harmful to other yes. people that you're just like a good kind-hearted person but i feel also feel if you're not going to church every sunday which i don't do or if you're not following lent going to church on ash wednesday or even you know not eating meat on fridays during during lent or just, praying in the way that you were taught to pray yeah. or saying fifty thousand hail marys and yes. our fathers and all these rituals so it's just then you're bad person and you are following worldly things and that's just not true our parents would not understand is that you can still worship god and you can still follow god in your own way you know i try to tell my mom like religion is very personal yeah it is very personal and it's very unique and individual to you cannot tell someone how to worship or tell someone how to do things and doesn't work like that. I, that's why and I just can't follow we, this this uniform like thing. Like you know, during the pandemic, my family decided to set up a prayer group on Zoom. Oh, I remember this. And I was like, "Have fun! I will not be joining this prayer group mm-hmm. because I just don't think that it was gonna bring any peace. It was it was gonna bring any calm if." everyone's trying to show off how religious they are or how mm-hmm. good they are i'd rather just because that's not pray the point. in solitary like pray by myself and and meditate and like worship by myself than with other people trying to prove that they're better people and i think i mean something that isn't spoken about enough about catholicism that we won't get all the way into because i'll leave this for another episode when we talk more about religion and other religions in general If we keep it all the way funky fresh, Catholicism is a very, number one, colonizing religion. If we think about where it came from, the people who brought Catholicism to our native lands weren't our native people. That was brought from Europe, from colonizers, to our people and shoved down their throats. And whatever religious or spiritual practices our people in their native lands had, was killed and taken away and now you will be catholic right when you think of latin america and specifically right but second of all catholicism a lot involves like power and control it's about you will do this you will say this you will say it like this and you will say it this many times at this hour on these days right think religion and god and spirituality are very personal. I don't think that that's how God works, which makes it so that Catholicism becomes this very controversial t- religion and or topic because it's just, no, it's not about power and control. And no, that's not what God's about either. If you don't say a Hail Mary, una Ave Maria, un Padre Nuestro, an Our Father, if you don't say, th- what's going to happen? But if you do pray at night and you're grateful and you're thankful and you wake up grateful and like you talk to your God like that's your homie and you do it however you want to do that, there is no difference. And and there's not one that's better than the other. And there is no... And I think that our parents just struggle with understanding that. We're not with those shits no more. We're just kind of like, nah, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. Because also, when you think about it, un Padre Nuestro or una Ave Maria, 
That ain't even saying the shit I actually want to say to God. Like, I don't want to talk about that. Exactly. No, Padre Nuestro que estás en el cielo. I, yes, all of those things are true, but like, that's not what I want to talk to you about, God. I want to talk to you about my day. I want to talk to you about how I'm thankful for my friend. I want to talk to you about how I'm thankful that you woke me up this morning. El Padre Nuestro don't say that. Exactly. So I want to talk about that. Exactly. How do you think religion has impacted your relationship with your mom? I mean, it's been more like authority than like anything. So it's just, oh, you have to do this because this is what, this is what God wants you to do. It's just a lot of guilt. It's a lot of, a lot of All guilt. All day, every day. And it's just, yeah, you just feel guilty because no one can live up to these, to these. Unreal expectations? Yeah, it's just. They don't annoying. even live up to these expectations. No, of course not. Of course they don't. Because they're freaking human. Exactly. So they don't even live up to the, to these expectations but they expect us to and then it just creates this conflict because you're not following their ways do i want to take on the guilt not really so i'm just like okay like you can feel however you want to feel and then i make the conscious decision not to participate in like family prayer groups and stuff like that right or to talk about religion or to participate in any type of conversation with any family members concerning religion because at the end of the day it's very old school mentality and everyone has their own beliefs and i'm not gonna tell you or challenge you on what to think but what i'm not gonna let you is tell me how to think you're so much better than me I feel like guilt just drove my relationship with my mom. Well, I mean, I feel like it was just like a certain point, like how much more can I like, po- how much more guilt can I possibly take on? There yeah, was just like, but it was just like, yo fam, but you can, like you can wake up every day and feel guilty. No, for existing, for freaking existing. And I was just like, okay, enough, no more. I am my own person, especially now that I'm married, we have to decide what works for us or individually, like what we each believe. Yeah. So it's just, I can't go and I bring my, bring my mother's thoughts and her beliefs into this new home. Yeah. It doesn't work and it doesn't like apply. Like, you know, obviously there are some things that I do really believe in. Yeah. Like, you know, I have a, I have a cross like in the front of my door. Right. Bless the house before you sleep there. Th- that type of things, you know, every day, like praying, like at least once, once mm-hmm. a day, you know, thank God for everything that, that mm-hmm. I have, even for the day. You have you your know. own little rituals that you All follow. Your own little rituals. Am I going to go to church every day? No, because again, the message is not a message that I hear or the way that it's being. That isn't going to speak to me. That's not part of my journey. It's not. It's not. (laughs) I don't want to receive that today. So I'm going to go this way. Exactly. So like, no, what what I do is I like, you know, I find things like, you know, religious things that I think are gonna make me like feel better and like be at peace yo and you're answering my last question for you like how do you feel about catholicism now and like that's exactly it i feel like you're like adapting like bits and pieces that work for you like i wouldn't say if someone oh like are you catholic i wouldn't say i wouldn't say i am yo that question's mad hard you're like i'm a former catholic (laughs) i'm a recovering catholic I didn't choose to be Catholic. <laughs> I didn't choose this life. It chose me. <laughs> like, I, I mean, honestly, like... Nah, I mean, honestly, it is a hard question. No, I mean, honestly... Like, I, I, I say I'm Catholic by tradition. Yes. Um, and by culture, not by not by religion. Yeah, of course. Like, there's still, there's, there's still a lot of, like, rituals and traditions that I'm still going to... Yeah, you still, still going to do. follow, like... 
when I have my own children, like, I feel like, yeah, that's a big deal to, like, I need to get my shit together and figure out what I'm going to teach them and, but I, I mean, I feel like the main thing is that like, not to fear God. That God is not a punishing God. That God is a loving God. Exactly. Right? And like we grew up on some God is a, a punishing hell or heaven type of God. And he's an or else yes. type of God. And that is not what I believe anymore. And that is not. And that's Catholicism for you. Nah, fam. God is God is love. And everywhere in the Bible, in the Quran, in the every freaking godly scripture of any kind of religion, you are going to find that God is love. And you're going to see that everywhere. And that's just, that's just period. God is love. And I refuse to believe anything else. I refute full-blown Catholicism at this point. And I feel like there are rituals and practices that I will carry on forever because like it's inevitable it's inevitable yes. it's in our like yeah. DNA and right and I honestly I feel like that's why a lot of people like run run away from this whole idea of like of like church because no one wants to sit there for like an hour so before like at least at, um at the church here um when the church is in the heights it used to be an hour, and they brought from an hour to 45 minutes. It's a long time. No one wants to sit for an hour, 45 minutes, and just feel guilty. All day long and dump your chest talking about my fault, my fault, my grievous no, no fault. One, no one wants to do that. What people who want to do when they go to church is they want to... They, they want to feel refueled. They, exactly. They, they want to receive something. Exactly. They want to be ready to take on the week. They want to be ready to, like, you know, end, end the week energetic and, like, and, ha- and, and happy. happy they don't want to come be like yo i fucked up and i'm gonna go to hell like no and my thing is fuck. i also feel like if you're not really like paying attention and you're not really like receiving the message then there's no point in you being there god is all knowing all seeing so he knows that i'm physically <laughs> there but i'm, I'm not mentally, mentally there yeah. so it's just like what's the point and that's the other thing you know what and just to end on this note i think that's the other thing that i have come to terms with too god is all knowing and all seeing you said it perfectly god knows my heart exactly and he sees what i do all day every day so God, you know what's up. You know how I feel about you. You know when I talk to you. You know you know all the things. So me being in the church, me not being in the church, me praying to you, me talking to you, like that's a relationship between me and God. Exactly. That's not a relationship between me and my mother. That's not a relationship between me and the church. That's not a, a relationship between me and this other sinful-ass priest, okay, who I'm going to say my sins to. Bye. No, I'm not doing that. Um... No, that's not a relationship with any of those people. This is a relationship between me and God because at the end of the day, God already saw all that shit, which is why I can curse too, by the way. I just want to be very clear about that because people are like, yo, she's cursing while she's talking to God and she's cursing. God knows I curse also, okay? I would be fake and phony if I was up here being like, oh, I don't curse. God knows that shit. God knows my heart and he knows that cursing is part of my arsenal of vocabulary so he knows that and so i think that that wraps it up real good mariel and i appreciate you on being so honest about this because this one's a hard one it is it is it's very personal i mean it is i would love to hear other people's um experiences i know so in future in the future thank you so much and i appreciate you being my one of my best friends thanks for being here
Religion can be a central part of one's identity. For some, a religion's theological beliefs and rituals of worship are central to their lives. Others are more drawn to a religion's community and culture than traits and beliefs and rituals. The world's religions are similar in many ways. Stefan Prothrero refers to these similarities as family resemblance. All religions include rituals, scriptures, and sacred days and gathering places. Each religion gives its followers instructions for how human beings should act towards one another. Some key tips to keep us psychologically healthy through this process are, if looking to practice a certain religion, look for one whose theological beliefs and rituals of worship align with yours. If you are having a difficult time negotiating with your faith or religion, Take some time away from the community to center yourself in what you need from your faith and assess if you can attain those needs in any other spiritual capacity. Are you able to worship in your own way that doesn't damage your spirit? Explore your options. Attend different places of worship. Go to different churches or different places of worship of different denominations. You may never know what might stick or what might resonate with you. If you have a strong social circle, Talk to them about your spiritual belief. Healthy conversations about morals and values are always a good thing. But most of all, love who you are in the skin that you're in. Because there isn't another you, boo. And that's on period. Although I am a licensed social worker, my advice does not replace that advice of a therapist that you may be seeing or a therapist you would like to see in the future. Anyone could be struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts. If you are having suicidal feelings, please call 1-800-273-8253. Come back next week and find out how being bilingual wasn't just about speaking two languages, but about navigating two souls, and which bestie I get to deep dive with. See you all next week. Happy listening. Mi gente, make sure you subscribe, follow, and review Going You Who Am I wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, you can also find me at Gono Who Am I on Instagram. And that's spelled C-O-N-O because Instagram doesn't believe in Enyes. Tune in next week. Peace, y'all.